Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As always, my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we're back here for our wild card picks. Uh, playoffs are set to get underway, uh, and we are back with our picks. And Dylan, this is always interesting because, of course, if we go throughout the season, there are so many games that you know usually we can find some to properly fit these categories of our game of the week, betting locks, upsets. But now, when you have few games you know we only have six games on the slate here then you've got to start getting a little bit more creative about what you're going to pick for your betting lock your upset and all of that so uh, i always enjoy these picks because it really makes us uh think because we have you know more limited choices to choose from and i think as you'll see we've got some pretty interesting choices here uh, for both our betting locks and our upsets. Yeah, when there's a lot of games, uh, you can kind of hide some of the, you know, you have some easier picks that uh, can, like, fill in. And obviously in the playoffs, in theory, these should be the best 14 teams. I wouldn't say that's exactly the case. No offense to the Steelers, but uh, <laughs> I still think it's definitely a lot tougher, uh, you know, obviously than the regular season to nail each one of these. Also, we know that the the hyper-focused odds makers are going to be even more zoned in on each one of these matchups, knowing that obviously the amount of money pouring in on a game average is going to be even higher. So that makes these spreads even tougher. It makes picking the game still uh, a, a tough thing. But, yeah, it's, I think we, 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 we settled on two of the games that are, you know, maybe one more could be argued as most likely the upset pick. I think we probably have the betting locks that most people would assume. Um, but, you we know, we've seen throughout the course of the season, especially my betting locks, have been the kiss of death, you know, very often. Uh, so, sorry, Chiefs fans. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. But, yeah, I don't don't, – I don't. I think in this case I'm going to be okay. I, I have some faith in my pick this time. But, yeah, really fun. Obviously, I love, the, love there being uh, six games. It was really fun last year. I, now we have the Monday night game. It'll be fun to really with the, the Rams playing in the first one there. Wish they had the wish they could have taken care of business and had the Saints instead, but you know, it is what it is. And now let the you know you're still in the dance and should be uh, that'll be a crazy one. A lot of things will be decided already at that point. And but yeah, man, just can't wait. All right, here we go. Um, our game of the week, and we decided just to make this one because. We do have, I mean, it's the playoffs, right? You could pretty much pick any of these. and um, But we just decided to limit it to one game, and uh, ultimately it came down to the game that we really didn't have a spot for um, elsewhere, although there's another game that we'll get to at the end that's kind of in that same scenario. But we went with the Patriots and the Bills here. Uh, Patriots on the road in Buffalo uh, against the Bills. The Bills are four-point favorites uh, in this game. We go back to these two. During the regular season, of course, we know uh, the memorable or maybe not so memorable uh, game that these two played um, where Mac Jones, you know, barely threw a few more passes than Dylan and I did in that game uh, where the Patriots uh, beat the Bills in the 
the windstorm. Um, what was it, 14-10, yeah. I think that game was. And then the Bills bounced back, uh, won uh, at the Patriots 33-21. This is the, the rubber match here, and uh, Dylan, I am going with the home team. I've just thought all season long the Bills were the better team. We've had some frustration with them at times, uh, but I think for, for some part of it, like, it was a surprise, I think, for the Patriots to even kind of reach the level that they reached for a lot of people to be 10-7. and seven. Yeah. I don't think we kind of expected that, the way they did it maybe. Um, and I, I think that's where in this game, back in Buffalo, I just think the Bills are set up for a, a pretty good spot here. And so, I've you know, this is probably a field goal type game, but I actually never really – second guess my choice here which could be you know as you said sort of the the lock for the patriots but um I, i'm going with the bills on this one outside of you know very rarely you know for the most part every playoff weekend at least in the first two rounds divisional round and, and the wild card you get at least one game that goes a different way than you expect so yeah it could happen here i don't think it's going to i think buffalo is really good as i've talked about a lot i think they're a team that yeah, for even at 11-6, it's a solid record. I, I think they're a better team than that. Uh, we, we talk about teams that are playing above maybe where they sh- should be with some close wins and weaker opponents. I think Buffalo had some bad luck and some tough games, some little things that here and there could have gone differently and w- would have given them a much better record. Um, uh, you know, They finished second in DVOA in the entire NFL, only behind Dallas. They, as, as the year went on, the offense still, we saw you know some of the concerns that we uh, have popped up the last couple of weeks. They were able to win those two games to, to clinch the division, and now they get this game at home. And but it's still that same that same monster that you have to get over. I know they already beat them one time, but now in the rubber match, so much on the line. And I know Belichick's going to not. He, I'm sure there's some things that he did not bring out in that uh, second game that he's going to be ready to. Uh, uh, bring out there against Buffalo, you know, Brian Dable, a guy I, I do have trust in Buffalo's offense coordinator to have sort of adjustments there. Obviously, the talent level goes a long way. Jalen Mills, I believe, got added to the COVID list, uh, one of the, the corners for the Patriots and at a position that they're thin at. So I'm sure Dable's going to be locked into possibly if he's not going be able to exploit that matchups. Buffalo's should have, you know, most of their guys all in there. Um, and just Dable's history with, you know, being he's from, you know, so many different uh, different coaching trees that he's kind of picked and you know been a part of at different times and have really influenced his own offense there's a reason that he's probably as you know seeing him lining you know different teams lining up to interview him for their head coaching positions and you see why and i think his matchup here this could be a statement game for him to to you know to overcome belichick to beat to get buffalo to move on and really still establish themselves this is our division and it is a, we, we did pay as much as you said we you know maybe the way the patriots got here we did both pick them to make the playoffs so we picked buffalo to win the division patriots to be a wild card so this is a game that I'm not uh, overly shocked that we're going to find out or uh, that we're going to see at this point. I wonder how much the weather potentially impacts this one just as it did the first time they played in Buffalo. It doesn't look like it's going to be as windy necessarily, but two degrees is the uh, is the forecast at the moment. Um, and it's going to – I know they t- talked about possible snow. I think mostly it's going to be snowing before and after the game, uh, if anything. <laughs> but, man, it's going to be – I don't know how you know. I think both teams are prepared for that. I think both teams have played well in the cold. I, I think obviously if the teams weren't able to throw like last time, that gives a big advantage to the Patriots and how they might want to play things. But yeah, it should be a really good matchup. And I, I just I see Buffalo's defense 
maybe even finally after you know the first game they, it wasn't really like they got tested because of what the Patriots had to do as an offense the second game uh, they gave up some points later maybe this is the game where Buffalo's defense finally really puts the clamps down on New England and is able to you know be maybe the main factor for Buffalo getting this win yeah, I, it's uh, not. It's, it's hard to know how to predict a, a four degree game, but um, <laughs> unless it's in Green Bay, then usually uh, you have a pretty good read on that. But yeah, this this should be interesting. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I lean towards the Bills here. I think that they're the better team overall. But as you mentioned, we've seen the Patriots do this before, and um, so yeah, this this is going to be fascinating. See how this one plays out. All right, to our betting locks here, and again, we have six games. Uh, and it's the playoffs, it's hard to probably feel 100% confident about any betting lock uh, in the playoffs. But we have found two here that uh, we ultimately decided to to choose. Uh, And I'm going to go with the defending champions here. Uh, The Eagles are at the Bucs. The Bucs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in Tampa uh, against this Eagles team who we've said – Certainly, I mean, for them to make the playoffs, I think surprised a lot of people, um, yeah. you know, weren't really sure if they'd get here, but we kind of talked about them throughout the season. One of those teams that if they got hot, you know, look out maybe just based on how they could play. But I just don't like this setup here uh, with them against the Bucks, And, you know, I think this one at eight and a half, I feel like it's one of those games the Bucks probably win by 10 or so. Um, and, you know, I think you just kind of, you wonder a little bit maybe about how the Eagles offense plays here in this one on the road, big spot. Um, and yeah, that that's probably why I'm going to lean towards the bucks here to, to cover this, uh, a betting lock, but you know, like I mentioned, it's, it's hard to feel as confident about these as you do uh, regular season ones. So yeah. And Tampa Bay, we, we kind of saw towards the end of that game against Carolina against a, a really what's been a solid defense, them starting to figure things out. No Antonio Brown, you know, obviously Godwin's been out for a few weeks now. I just think that offense has too much to offer against, uh, you know, a, a tough Philadelphia defense that has played well this year, as we've talked about, has played above maybe my expectations going into the season at the very least. Um, but I, I still think, you know, they, they have really defended the run much better. They're uh, not a, a great pass defense. So it's just those kind of things that do scare me against what Tampa Bay has to offer. On the flip side, we're looking at the number one run defense in the league uh, against one of the best run, if not the run, best run offense, at least statistically in Philadelphia. So just not a great matchup there. I, I, there were some I saw on Twitter somewhere uh, about, you know, the, in the last however many years, the number one rush offense playing the number one rush defense, the number one rush offense is one each time. I, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's great. But the, a lot of those teams probably didn't have pass offenses and Tom Brady on their side <laughs> like the Bucs do. Something to consider here. I, I, we were just talking about it. I, I, I had I had to remember to pull this up, but Sunday, the weather, Tampa, kickoffs yeah. at, uh, what, 1 Eastern, I think it is, or um, somewhere in there. Like, showers likely winds up to 30 miles an hour so you know maybe i'm picking the wrong one here like you talk about rush offense versus rush defense if jalen hurts isn't passing a lot and and they're you know running the ball quite a bit maybe that does put that kind of as a disadvantage for the bucks uh in that scenario yeah it it could um but i I don't know i just and it'll be interesting to see still though uh you know with the weather i just think we've seen tom play in in all sorts of weather and not have too many issues um you know maybe the exception think about the 
the game that he played in New England this year. Um, that weather was pretty crazy with how it impacted the game, and uh, a lot of balls were slipping out of his hand, Max Jones's hand, all sorts of stuff. But they still, uh, you know, for everything I'm saying about Philadelphia and how great their run offense has been, the Tampa was still fourth in rush offense uh, DVOA in the entire, you know, the entire season. So that's this is not as one side of a team on the offensive side of the ball as they maybe were at points last year, where we wondered if the run if the run game was going to give them enough of a boost. It really has for most of this season. Um, so yeah, I, I think if it if they have to go to that kind of route, I still think they're going to have the right guys in place to to really make a difference. And you know, I, I don't know. I just Philadelphia's defense again is better than I anticipated going into the year. I'm impressed with what they're able to do, but man, I just do not think you know with how they have struggled against the pass in particular, even with the weather conditions. I think Tampa should cover is definitely for me the the number the number two game on this list for what I would consider. And yes, for all the you know great things that Jalen Hurts has done this season, I mean it's still Tom Brady, it's still uh, you know the quarterback matchup. I'm not quite going to put um that is anywhere where philadelphia is lining up uh decently well in this one so a lot of things maybe, yeah maybe the weather does help philly and a, a tough team that has been also creative in how it's it's been able to utilize that run game they're not just running straight up people they have a really great scheme another guy i just mentioned brian dable and how he's been in so many different coaching trees and you know has a really multiple offense sirianni another guy that's been around so many different uh, coaching trees and different things and different ideas and concepts that have helped him, I believe. So uh, I'm sure he'll have something up his sleeve, but I think Tampa's just, you know, they're they're the uh, team that, that obviously the defending champions, but you could argue right now might be the still the best team in the NFC. I'm not not sure. I still think the Packers are right there. I think Dallas, if, uh, depending on the week, <laughs> uh, yeah. is right there. But I think Tampa is just a force, and it's hard to pick against them here. Well, um, whether this is the game that you probably, football fans probably wish was played on Saturday instead of Sunday, <laughs> yes. uh, because there is a high snow chance on Saturday in Kansas City. I love, I love this time of season because we're, we're playing, we get to play weatherman here uh, for these playoff <laughs> games. It's a lot, a lot more on the line, but um, a lot of snow apparently, or at least snow likely uh, on on Saturday, uh, a couple inches, I guess, in Kansas City, but. This game we played on Sunday looks like uh, no snow in the forecast for this one. And if you're the Steelers, you probably would have liked there to be a very snowy game because I think that would have kept us a lot closer. And this is Dylan's batting lock. The Steelers with the Chiefs. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites in this game. And yet Dylan's still going to this spot. Um, I can't blame him. We've seen this play out very recently. I see no reason to believe um, other than maybe just people who want to play into the Ben Roethlisberger angle here and storyline, but storylines don't win games. And um, I think the chiefs are just significantly better than the Steelers. Um, And I just, I'm not saying maybe it plays out exactly as it did last time, but I just don't really see a path to victory here for the Steelers at this point. Yeah, maybe if we were talking about the the Chiefs uh, last year going into the Super Bowl and they had all the injuries along the offensive line and different guys being plugged in, maybe then I'd worry a bit about what this Pittsburgh front four can do with how insane TJ's been playing. Obviously, Kim Hayward's uh, been a force there for years, but 
Uh, this offensive line has been one of the best in the league, arguably the best in the league. I, uh, they had the, uh, according to, I think it was a ESPN's win rate and different stats that they have for offensive linemen, they had the, the most valuable line in terms of how much value they get out of each player per their contracts. It helps when you draft a guy like Creed Humphrey and he's immediately the best center in the league to offset you know signings like Joe Tooney. But this offensive line has been just great. I just don't see, and we've seen the Chiefs also over the course of the year, they've run the ball really well and they've, they've made a really a big point of not having teams just think they can they can sit back and and, and drop eight guys constantly and have light boxes because they know Kansas City is going to throw. Kansas City will run at, right at you, and teams have run at times uh, against Pittsburgh uh, quite well um, th- this season. Obviously, as we've talked about throughout the year, Pittsburgh's defense, while it's improved uh, over the course of the season, they've still really struggled against the run. Twenty seventh and run defense DVOA. Uh, the offense has not been fantastic. Uh, you know, they they made just enough plays in that game against the Ravens, but a few things go differently. Tyler Huntley doesn't throw that pick in the end zone. Uh, it's a different outcome, and and we're not even talking about Pittsburgh here. So, and obviously, even little if the Colts take care of business on Sunday, we're not talking about them here. There's a lot of things that got. Pittsburgh to this point. Um, excited to see TJ Watt and those guys some, one more time, but I I just don't see unless Najee Harris goes like nuclear, which is possible. Um, I, I just see Kansas City controlling this game. I as you've I think you talked about after we after the, their last matchup, they won by twenty six, but it honestly wasn't that close. I'm a little concerned that we could see something similar. And I I thought the twelve and a half, I really thought it was going to be like fourteen and a half. Uh, so I feel pretty good about the two touchdowns. I just think Kansas City is you know proven. I know they just barely beat Denver. But um, I, I don't know, just something about it here at at Arrowhead. I just feel like Kansas City is gonna. They're they're just. It's probably the biggest gap in total DVOA between any two opponents in the postseason. We have third. Uh, Kansas City is ranked third overall, and we have Pittsburgh way down the list. Oh, man, twenty fourth. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. <laughs> I, I just I think it's too much of a mismatch. I think Kansas City is easily the superior team that should win easily. All right, here is the the category you've all been waiting for. We have to pick our upsets. Um, I don't know if we've ever not picked an upset uh, when it comes to any of the picks we made. I don't think we have. I think we've always found an upset somewhere along the way. I think mine, I was a little bit quicker to get to than you. Um, It took you a minute to pick yours, but I, from the when the playoffs schedule was announced, I just looked at this game and for some reason I just immediately went to all right. That's my upset. Yeah. I'm picking it. I'm sticking with it. And here it is. The 49ers are on the road in Dallas to play the Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-point favorites um, at Jerry World for this one. I don't know what it is, Dylan. I just, from the start, like I said, when it was announced this was the matchup, I just quickly said I think the 49ers are going to find a way to win this game. I think yeah. it's the inconsistency we've talked about with the Cowboys. Um, I just, the Niners still have that edge. Like there is something about them, whether it's, you know, Debo Samuel or just how, how they do so many different things. And I think, you know, the defense, we, we've seen, uh, things that they can accomplish on that side of the ball. There's just, there's so many things that I like about this team. Um, and I know, you know, they, they were what, you know, a, a couple plays away from not even being in the playoffs, but those are the kind of teams sometimes that I think you, once they get in, like you just sort of have that reset, and I just I I, hey, I picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl last year, and uh, we laughed about that. Of course, Dak's injury uh, impacted that that possibility, and I think earlier in the season we looked at this team and said, you know, hey, they might actually be that team that gets there. 
I don't have that same amount of confidence in them at this point. And again, this is just more of a gut pick as I've always done on these. I'm going to pick the 49ers uh, to pull off the upsets uh, against the Cowboys. Yeah, it almost went right along with you. It's definitely the game that I you know, started seeing what how the playoff picture was going to turn out if the Niners were able to pull off their win against the Rams. Quickly saw what the other outcomes, what they were going to be, that this would be the matchup. And I was like, dang, that's going to be fantastic it's you know i know bills patriots i'm really looking forward to i'm probably looking forward to this game just as much if not a tad more it could be in our game of the week line it, 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 it you can categorize it for both upsets and game of the week is going to be crazy obviously these two teams in their history they haven't played in the playoffs in forever you know since the since the 90s i think the last matchup was the 94 nfc title game San Francisco won the year after they would have met Niners lost to the Packers um, at the start of the Favre era when they started really being good. But yeah, it's crazy how long it's been. And I, you know, for as much as was made about all the Niner fans in LA, this team is this this fan base travels insanely well. I think of there's a lot of pictures being brought up on social media this week of a of a game during the Harbaugh. Uh, 49er era in Dallas where it's just straight red uh, there's things on local radio in Dallas about not selling tickets to Niner fans like it's a it definitely is a could be you know a pretty decent contingent there um, I, I could see the the fan bases both there battling it out in the stands not not literally but in terms of at least cheering um, and how that impacts Dallas I don't you know I don't know about the home field advantage how much it really will mean so much in this one so it's a pretty even game I think that you know Dallas uh, schematically on defense maybe uh, lines up a bit better than the Rams did against defending the run but the Rams uh, ranked t- over 10 spots higher in DVOA and run defense. I'm really concerned about that and what San Francisco and, and Mike McDaniel and what that uh, what they've been able to design with him and Shanahan and the, the talent they have and possibly Trent Williams likely being back after taking it off last week. I, I just I do see that as a problem. Um, I do wonder, though, if Jimmy makes one or two more of those errors. Dallas has been really opportunistic forcing turnovers through the air, the number two defense in all of the league in Dallas um, in DVOA, which is, it's crazy to see what they've done. San Francisco has really defended the run well, but they have not, they've been kind of still a, a more of an average pass um, offense I or a pass defense. I don't see, you know, the same kind of dominance that, that Bosa is able to have uh, against the Rams offensive line potentially being in play here. I think Dallas's offensive line, maybe, you know, even though if the Rams ranked really well throughout the year, maybe a bit, uh, lined up better to to at least withstand that. Obviously, Dak's ability to improvise and make plays happen on the run and different things also a really big factor. That um, I just think that they'll maybe be able to pick a little more on the corners. Um, obviously, it would really help to have if Gallup hadn't hurt his knee and think about all the different playmakers and how it really becomes difficult for San Francisco to keep matching those guys. I still think they have enough, so I'm picking Dallas. Um, but man i it's a uh, it's a coin flip in my mind i don't you know i I can see the spread by the time the game starts moving down from right now it's you know cowboys favored by three i can see it moving down to like one or two one and a half because i just i imagine you know money is probably coming after what the niners just did to the rams last week the momentum they have building obviously we've seen them have games where they fall back and they they don't play so well uh, and certain little errors end up uh costing them so we'll we'll see in this one right now yeah the only 54 percent of the money is going on dallas on the spread so it's pretty even uh in terms of where the gamblers see it and i think uh i agree i think it's gonna be a really good game yeah i think so too uh cowboys defense i think is the difference here in terms of how they play but um yeah like if they can they can get the pressure and all that i think they can certainly win this game but 
I'm going to stick with the Niners here. I just think there's something about this matchup that, that seems to bode well for them. Uh, we'll see. All right, this next one. Like we're really going to get really philosophical here on this next one because um, for Dylan, I told him he's struggling to try to find, you know, who's going who's gonna to be his upset pick, and he has kind of leaned this direction. I'm like, look, you can win either way if this is your upset pick. And that is, of course, the Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are four-point favorites um, in L.A. And, Dylan, my, my point to you was very simple. You win either way here. If the Rams win, you win. If the Cardinals <laughs> win and you pick this as your upset – you win that one too. So I know you'd rather have uh, the former than the latter, but um, maybe, maybe I convinced you to, to make a pick here that you didn't want to make. But um, this is still an interesting one, though, and, and I think the Rams are another team not unlike the Cowboys at times where they can frustrate you and, and there are some things that you feel like, all right, they should absolutely be better at that and, and do things better here or there. But I just don't have the trust in the Cardinals right now, and we talked about their issues down the stretch. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rams here because I was on the the Rams bandwagon uh, early on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with it here in this uh, NFC West showdown in the playoffs. Yeah, like you said, I need to get some I need to win in some way, whether it be with the Rams or my pick here. So I get to, to kind of play both sides. It is you know as we talked about, the Rams have not played as well at home. The Cardinals have not played as well at home, but they played really great on the road. So it's kind of another weird of those weird things where the home field. I don't anticipate Cardinal fans having the same presence as the Niners, but. I just, in terms of the, how these teams all year have played in their in their respective stadiums, I don't think that has too big of an impact. I wonder how much uh, you know every playoff game is you know uh, outside of if that Tampa Bay game gets a lightning delay. Every playoff game is on by itself. Every all eyes are tuned in to one game. But you know on Monday night, the pressure of it all, Stafford trying to win a playoff game, he's which he hasn't done, and still pressure on Arizona. I think. Uh, obviously, they had for a large portion of the year the best record in the in the league, and slowly fell down to not winning the division despite even having that opening on Sunday and not being able to get it done. I wonder how they bounce back from that. We a lot is made about how the Rams uh, bounce back from their defeat. I think the Cardinals. You could say the same thing for how that defense got lit up. Uh, they, you know, through the first seven weeks of the year, they had one of the best pass defenses in the league. They've been since then pretty down. I think in the bottom five or six of the league. So. It's a it's a problem, and I, I do think that I don't think that especially with JJ Watt most likely still out. I know he's trying to come back. A lot of uh, reports out there about that. I, I just I don't see the same problems being presented up front. Um, that the 49ers are able to do in terms of just not, you know, not necessarily blitzing guys, but just getting consistent pressure. Um, I think the Rams offense line is going to have a uh, something to prove and should bounce back fine, but it's still Kyler Murray. I still have seen the, those interceptions that we've seen from Stafford the last few weeks that have really been costly, and I, I won't be shocked if it goes the Cardinals' way. Just, you know, if Kyler goes nuclear, we see what this what they just did to Dallas and how their defense played in that one. Um I, I, you know, it just depends what what team comes with their with their better A game and uh, limits mistakes will probably be the one that wins this game. But it's a game again. I'm maybe also I need the Rams to just prove it back to me that they can do this because they, they blew you know the golden opportunity to be the two seed playing. No offense to Trevor Simeon, but Trevor Simeon led Saints, and, and then at that point still having another home playoff game, not having to worry about possibly going to Green Bay. In your scenario, at least, if the Niners win, they'd still have a chance to um, not go there. They'd be going to Tampa. But, yeah, it's just I uh, want to see them kind of bounce back first, and at least this way, if I if they fall, I can say, hey, I got my upset pick. There we go. So, right. It's the yeah. closest game, according to football or ESPN's fo- uh, football power index, too, in terms of 
uh, their matchup predictor. Every other game is plus 60% one team or the other. It's only, in this case, Rams 58%. So it's probably, out of these six matchups, at least on paper, the closest game that they have. Yep. Uh, Cardinals won the first meeting early in the season, uh, 37-20. And uh, the second one, of course, was won by the Rams uh, in Arizona uh, here about a month or so ago, 30-23 in that one. So... All right, this is I guess this is the game we had left. Um, no, no, no offense to this game, right? But it's the game I'm we had left. For you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it should be good. And this is also the one that, again, for snow people, uh, you love this to be played on Sunday instead of Saturday. <laughs> Looks like snow in the forecast. I, I'm all on these weather reports, though. Um, snow in the forecast on Sunday, uh, in Cincinnati. But as we know, this will be the the leadoff game uh, for the playoffs, as uh, this will take place on Saturday. And that is, of course. The Raiders at the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals, five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, I told you I, I thought about this for a minute, and I, I almost picked the Raiders here. But, you know, it's one of those where the way that game played out against the Chargers, like, it's almost like, my goodness, like, what can you have left after a game like that? <laughs> and, and I know, we, you know, there have been a lot of games over the years that have, you know, reached a pretty high level in terms of the drama and everything. But, man, what a – what a wild game that was. And I think this is a challenge, though, for the Raiders to have to pick up, go on the road to Cincinnati, play this offense. Um, and I think that's where the challenge comes in of picking them here. So I'm picking the Bengals. I just, we talked about the offense. They're just, man, they can really overwhelm you. And yep. that's where I think, you know, for the Raiders, defensive line, or the injury wise, too, um, you know, that's something that you look at here. And, and I just think the, the Bengals are a, a stronger team. Um, to be honest, I don't I think if you're the Raiders, you probably wouldn't have liked any of these matchups for them. Uh, but this is probably the best of the bunch yeah. in terms of, you know, if you have to go to, to Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati, you're probably going to pick Cincinnati in that scenario. But uh, I still don't like it for them, and uh, I'm going to pick the Bengals. Yeah, two teams that overall, I know the Bengals defense did some good things at certain points this season, but two teams that ranked, you know, in the in the mid-teens, late-teens and DVOA on, on that side of the ball, both in the 20s and past defense. So I, I think even, I, know I would have loved with, for the snow as well. I'm glad you're uh, on top of that, you know, it, maybe if the schedule makers had known that, they would have flipped uh, this game with the with the game yeah. in Buffalo, or at least they would have moved one of them to, to the next day. But yeah, it's uh, or uh, the Kansas City game. But yeah, man, it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm just really excited to watch both these offenses. Even though Vegas doesn't have, I, I think they're still a team that's going to be intriguing, as I've talked about. Depending on if they uh, decide to keep Rich Bisaccia or if they try to move on to a new head coach, I I still think they have some good things going. That they need maybe one more playmaker. Uh, you know, Zay Jones has done a fantastic job this season, really stepping up to a, uh, in a place that I didn't, you know, necessarily we haven't seen him go in his career. But, you know, if they have one more premier guy alongside a healthy Waller and then Renfro, I mean, it, it's an offense that could present some problems. And we've seen them run the ball better uh, lately. And Josh Jacobs has had some really good games. I just I'm picking the Bengals because, like you said, this offense, when they started really letting Burrow loose and started opening up the game plan a bit and they still run the ball pretty well but started throwing on earlier downs and just some of the plays that they're making and the things that he's seeing I just I don't I don't see the Raiders confusing him necessarily I, I do wonder how yeah obviously if the this Bengals offensive line has always been a problem all year and Burrow's been the most sacked quarterback in the league but despite that he's still number two, I think second behind Aaron Rodgers in EPA average per play for a quarterback uh, or per attempt so I mean he's just been playing at a freaking you know maybe not quite MVP level but if he put together a little longer season with some of the number of things he was doing maybe would have been in that conversation a bit more I think that's how good he has been and that he's ultimately why 
you know, with the receivers they have. I just don't know if the Raiders can consistently cover these guys. And I, I just – the way that he sees the field and processes things, I, I, I don't know. It's just uh, – I hope that the the Vegas can keep it close and we can have a really fun kind of shootout game here. Um, but I, I I just see you know trusting at least Joe Burrow in particular more at this point and um, not knowing for sure if the Raiders' offense is going to be able to play as it has the last few weeks. And you know Derek's made some great throws. He did miss some some passes in that game against the Chargers, but overall made enough plays uh, to win the game. Uh, he might have to play at a higher level because I, I just, you know, it's a, it's going to be a different animal playing against Burrow. And, you know, but this is two teams that, man, you talk about um, talk about streaks and, and the, you know, droughts. I think the last Raider playoff win was probably the AFC title game before they lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers 18 years ago. And then I know that the Bengals have the longest drought going back to 1990. So I or the ninety season, it would have been the ninety. It would have been exactly thirty years ago or thirty one years ago, I guess. Now, so two teams with huge droughts. So maybe there's some part of that pressure on the Bengals to to do it, but I, I think it's equally on the Raiders. Um, and both teams also that you know just not that they're happy just to be here, but um, I, on the flip side, I know I'm talking about the pressure uh, from the franchise point of view, but just for where these teams are at, Bengals fans, everything's gravy right now. you got to just be so happy they won the division and their borough looks this good and the, the future looks so bright with the young talent you have. And for the Raiders just to get here with everything that went through the season, it's two teams that it's uh, not a coronation. I think both of them feel like they can win this week, especially maybe the Bengals, and then you get to possibly a Cincinnati-Tennessee matchup, and that could go either way. So I don't know. It's two teams that um, uh, you know should be happy to be here, but also really want to do a lot more and uh i just yeah it's a i know it's kind of the game we didn't didn't fit into one of our categories but it's one that i'm as soon as i saw you know that matchup immediately when the field goal went through for the raiders i was like that's gonna be a lot of fun as long as the raiders bring their uh a game <laughs> yeah i mean again they didn't really bring in that first game they played yeah. early in the season 32 13 las vegas uh as we said i mean the Bengals rushed for 160 in that one and yeah it was just kind of a struggle for the raiders big fourth quarter the Bengals in that one, but uh, it should be interesting, I guess. Dylan, those are our picks. But before we wrap up, uh, we did kind of tease this in the previous episode. We were like, "Well, no more head coaching changes," and you said, "Well, hang on a second, there may actually be one more." And <laughs> there was uh, the Giants. Uh, you know, now they they have a complete overhaul after um, you know GM retires. Now Joe Judge is out, and so that uh, you know opens up another interesting scenario there yeah. uh, for the Giants now just like the Bears the Vikings and um, completely overhauling things uh, there in New York yeah it's uh, something that yeah at the time when we were recording those meetings were happening and you could just feel the pressure building that the you know the press conferences down the stretch of the season were one thing but some of the performances like since they made the announcement that they were going to keep judge for another year or well, you know, i don't know if it was an exactly an announcement but it was like widely reported and not disputed in any way um they i mean they just looked awful like they looked worse as the year went on and those last five six weeks we, we talked about other teams that had nothing to play for but still playing really hard the lions the bears even uh they they were not one of those teams it was it was difficult to to watch them week in week out i know it's a tough situation with their cap and the quarterback situation and what they're going to possibly be able to do and how quickly they can get out of this with a new regime but ultimately i think this is probably the best thing that could happen i i still have concerns about how the the process of how they hired gettleman how this whole thing has worked and how moving forward they're gonna uh, be able to um 
make this uh, a workable situation. Bill Barnwell tweeted out after today during his press conference, John Mara blamed the media for creating the narrative. This is from Pat Leonard um, from New York Daily News. Yeah, he blamed the media for creating a narrative about his family having more football influence than it should. Bill Barnwell literally responded with a screenshot of the front office and Chris Mara is the senior vice president of player personnel, the TIS family, and their roles within the front office. It's like, yeah, like what? Yeah, it's, you mean, employing your own family in these positions? Like, it's just such a, I don't know. It's, uh, I know there's some questions about some of the dysfunction in Miami. Obviously, it's a lot of, this is uh, just clockwork if you really go back even to the Joe Philbin days of how Miami's cycled through uh, different uh, head coaches that haven't worked. And in this case, firing a guy that a lot of people think should be, as we talked about, a a head coach uh, for one of these open spots in in Flores. But, um, I mean, the Giants are have so much history, have you know uh, success that they have had with this ownership. But right now, it's just I, uh, I don't know if it's a situation where I'm feeling as good about it. Um, even like Miami, yeah, maybe you don't trust the owner, but maybe you feel a little bit better about where the personnel and the draft picks and different things are going. I know the Giants have a couple high picks this year um, in the top ten, but uh, or the top, at least close to the top ten. But I don't know. It's uh, they're going to have to really really hope that things flip quickly and i just i don't know i just think how the roster's been built constructed with a lot of money spent on players that i yeah i would not say are playing like a kenny galladay and different guys that are not playing at the level of what the what their price tag would seem to indicate it's just it's uh, it's going to be an interesting process not to see where they go but watching this franchise the next couple of years it, it still might need some time to dig out from where they are Yep, we'll see what happens uh, there with the Giants. But uh, again, there are picks for the wild card, excuse me, super wild card uh, <laughs> weekend in the NFL. So uh, there you have it. But of course, still don't have it all covered over clutch points. Uh, lots of stuff happening. And uh, of course, lots to come uh, here in the playoffs. Yep, we got our, our same series that we've been doing all, all season with our betting predictions for every single game that you can find in clutch points in the NFL section or in the, the betting section. We're sponsored by FanDuel now, so you can click on the FanDuel tab there as well to go to our our, our uh, powered by FanDuel kind of articles that we got going. We also have just previews from each team's point of view for every playoff matchup. We have X-Factor series for every single uh, team and in, in all these playoff games and in the playoffs in general. So all that stuff you can find in the NFL section on the website and the app. And yeah, you can follow obviously all the playoff games in the clutch points app and should be should be a lot of fun can't yeah really excited i don't know if i, I always have a always flip-flop year year if this is my favorite weekend of the football calendar or if it's next weekend in the divisional round these are both two just so much fun and i think the extra two games really elevates this wild card round that's why hey that's why it's a super wild card round now that's right the super <laughs> wild card round it's remember the super wow well, we, we should be getting some kind of um advertising affiliate revenue off of this or something uh, for as many times as we've said this. Uh, So there you go. Be sure to check it all out at Clutch Points and of course be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use. Search for Establish the Past and uh, thank you as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time.